and welcome to this week's edition of An Organic Conversation, a show about food, ecology, stories from the land, recipes, nature, sustainability, interconnectedness, relationships, and life itself. It's fall, it's harvest season. Well, of course, harvest time is all year, depending on what is grown and where you live. But really, for domestic produce grown here in the United States, this is the time when we find the greatest variety and abundance in stores and at farmers markets. And so, as we do regularly in this show throughout the year, we're dedicating this hour to an extended version of what's in season. Our topic today is Hello Harvest, produce picks for the season with our friend and special guest produce expert Earl Herrick of Earl's Organic Produce, a San Francisco-based wholesaler of solely certified organic fruits and vegetables. You're listening to An Organic Conversation, and you can follow this conversation on the air and online. For a list of stations and outlets, go to anorganicconversation.com or on Facebook, that's facebook.com forward slash anorganicconversation. And now also as a streaming video podcast on talkstreamnetwork.com. We host Helga Helberg, Mark Mulcahy, and Sita Rani Palomar. Yeah, video. So if you've heard us talk about Mark's produce shirts over the last couple of years, you can check it out. And must I say, the grapes look gorgeous on you. <laughs> I, I wear grapes well. I've heard they look great. <laughs> You're great, Mark. <laughs> well, before we dive into this week's topic, an interesting thing came up this week because there's a growing trend that's been around for a while that I really appreciate, but the the sharing community that we have. We've got things like Airbnb, which is a room share mm -hmm. service. We've got Zipcar, which is a car share service. Now in San Francisco, and I hear also over in the UK, I believe, they have city bike shares. And we're even members of Nextspace, which is an office share community. I love this because I just, I don't think it's necessary for us to have 7 billion of everything. We should kind of share our resources and lower the footprint and all these kinds of things. It's yeah, great. It's, a, it's beautiful and it's actually economically viable. Um, there are several farm equipment share programs in the country. And when it comes to farm equipment, uh, a good sized tractor is, you know, several $10,000 um, in price and you don't need it every single day. So... Um, there are now farms or uh, collaboratives that actually share certain drills or tractors, and that makes, of course, financial great sense. And there's tool shares as well. A lot of communities around the country are putting in tool shares where you can just go in and, and get that saw you need just for that day's project. Or the mower, right? Or the, How or often the mower. do you mow your yard? Not every day. Not every day, yeah, once a week or something like that. And then there's my favorite share program that's been around for a long time, the Sunny and Share. <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> mark <laughs> yeah but in all, in all seriousness um i think it's in our nature to share i think that we as human beings want to share i think something occurs somewhere in our lives where we either choose not to or we're taught not to something happens along the lines there yeah, it is true, though, that when you loan things or when you share certain things, um, you know, some people don't feel that same sense of respons responsibility or have a different take on that, and you don't get it back the same condition. I grew up knowing or learning that when you take anything, you keep it in the same condition, if not better. You know, if you loan a bike for a day, you clean it up or you put some oil on the chain or whatever it may be. 
And I always, I never, it made sense, but now I realize that the necessity of that, it's not just beautiful to do that and a gift back, but if you don't do it, those share programs don't work. If mm -hmm. you can't get something back and it's dirty, if it's your car or whatever, you're not going to do it again. Um, but it is beautiful. Yeah, is. take good care of your things, take good care of other people's things. and Yes, share your life and it builds community. It's wonderful. Um, our topic today is the harvest, the harvest season. Um, Hello Harvest produce picks for the season with our very special guest, Earl Herrick of Earl's Organic Produce, um, a San Francisco-based wholesaler of organic fruits and vegetables dealing only with organic fruits and vegetables. Um, and of course, our very own Mark Mulcahy. You're listening to an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. And before we dive into that topic of the hour, as always, he is the overview from the world of health and beauty, Sitarani Palomar and her holistic bite. Thank you, Helga. Well, this week I wanted to talk about rice pudding. And this is a really simple, sweet dish that you can make as nutritious as you want it to be, depending on how much sweetener you put in it. You can even have rice pudding for breakfast. And rice pudding is something that people enjoy in countries all over the world. You have kheer in India. You have eres con leche in the Latin countries. You have... Um, a different version of rice pudding in Italy and also in Indonesia. It's all over the place. And my way of doing it is really, really quite simple. You basically combine rice with water in a saucepan on top of the stove, and I add um, a cinnamon stick and a vanilla bean. And you cook it until it's al dente. You don't want to cook it any more than that because if you do, it'll get too mushy in the final product. So cook it until it's al dente. And while it's simmering on the stovetop, you're going to make a liquid base. I use almond milk and rice syrup and maple syrup and some orange zest. So that when the, when the rice is done cooking to al dente, you pour this sweet creamy liquid over it and then you put the whole pot into a 350 degree oven for 15 minutes and then that will cook it a little bit further and it lets all the sweetness and the creaminess from the almond milk get in and it and it just makes it an incredible texture. It's so aromatic. So you pull it out of the oven after 15 minutes, let it cool a little bit. You can eat your rice pudding either warm or cold, but you let it cool and that helps it to thicken. And you have something, like I said, depending on how much sweetener you put in it, that you could have for dessert or for breakfast. And there are lots of different variations. I mean, the orange zest and the vanilla bean and the cinnamon stick is one of my favorites. You can also do coconut milk and saffron. You can do black rice and chai spices. You can do ginger and chopped dates. So whatever you're feeling inspired to do, stir in some melted chocolate. Have fun. Make a different kind of dessert that's enjoyed around the world. And that was this week's Holistic Bite. <laughs> Thank you, Sita. I love rice pudding. I've always liked it. What I like about it, it's not that quick, chocolatey, high sugar, nothing against chocolate. But um, th there's... I do eat a decent amount, but <laughs> there, there's something substantial about rice pudding. It's almost like a dish. And since you can make it, you know, even sometimes spicy, savory, or sweet, um, it, it's, it, it makes rice immersing, amazingly versatile. It can be, you know, it's obviously a side dish. It can be a dish in itself. And through rice pudding, the world of rice pudding can be dessert. And can you imagine waking up to the smell of that if oh. someone, someone yeah. got up a little bit before you and made that for you? Oh, my goodness. You yes. might not go to work that day. Um, <laughs> well, if Mark skips our next production, I'm going to call his wife. Yeah, yeah right. What did you, you know, have Did this you morning? make rice pudding this Yeah, morning? rice pudding. Um, <laughs> what I was wondering is, um, does it matter if you use short or, 
or long grain in it? That is a really good question. A brown I rice usually, over white? Well, so you can. You can use any different kind of rice. You can use forbidden rice if you want to make a black rice pudding. You can use jasmine rice. You can use brown rice. It, the, the cooking time will vary because each of these has a different cooking time. Brown rice takes longer. Um, and short grain rices are actually higher in sugar. And so what happens with those is they tend uh, to get much, much creamier and, and, and chewier. And I, I prefer oftentimes using short grain rice for that reason. Long grain rice will um, keep its texture. It's just yeah. a little bit. Or wild rice, which is technically not a rice. It's a grass. But That's uh, interesting. I've never made wild yeah. rice pudding. Oh, now I have it. But it doesn't have oh. the consistency. You're it right. Doesn't. It, it doesn't need have to the really same amount of starch. almost overcooked yeah. to make it you know, less nutty and less hearty. You want that texture when you want to cook with wild rice. Yeah. But Maybe not for dessert. Well, I do recommend, like I said, I, I really like the short grain rices for rice pudding, but jasmine rice, which is a, it's a longer grain, mm -hmm. it's so fragrant. It makes for a really beautiful rice pudding. Wonderful. Are we seeing some of that on Facebook? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to share that recipe. And organicconversation.com forward slash. No, I never get <laughs> you it You never right. get it Facebook. right. Facebook.com <laughs> forward slash an organic conversation for recipes and tips and more information on this show and any other show. Thank you, Sita. Wonderful. You're listening to An Organic Conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sita Ronnie Palomar. Our topic in this hour is Hello Harvest, produce picks for the season with our very special guest, Earl Herrick. That and more when we come back right after the break. Stay tuned. Are you a chef, have a catering business, or planning a party, or simply just love organic produce? If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, walk right in to Earl's Organic Produce. Anyone can buy directly from us at wholesale prices. You don't have to be a natural food store to enjoy the freshest and most delicious organic produce. We are located on the San Francisco Produce Market at 2101 Gerald Avenue. We look forward to seeing you. Walk-in hours are Monday through Friday throughout the night from 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. Minimum purchase is one box or flat, cash or checks only. For more information, visit Earl's Organic. Fry Vineyards is America's first organic winery, family owned and operated since 1980. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Fry organic and biodynamic wines include delicious Cabernet Sauvignon, Zinfandel, Syrah, Chardonnay, and Sauvignon Blanc. Fry Vineyards Mendocino County award-winning wines without added sulfites. Available at grocery stores and online at frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E.com. You're listening to An Organic Conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. It's harvest season. It's fall season. And it's, as always, the favorite time for Mark and for Earl Herrick, our guest today. We want to give you an edge on how to find the best produce right now in the store and at the farmer's market, and also how to maybe save some money doing so. Mark, this is, this is your hour. Isn't that nice? <laughs> You're not confined to four minutes to a Watson season segment, but I'm we're talking produce. I'm telling you, this is the way the show could always, should always go, but that's just my opinion. Um, <laughs> not biased at all. <laughs> so, so yes, today we get to have our good friend Earl, the voice of the San Francisco Produce Market on the air with us today. And Earl, you and I you and I seem to talk, uh, what, just about every day about produce. I did, that's why people usually leave the room when, we're, <laughs> when we start talking. Mm. Um, but this year's been a really interesting year. Things coming on early, things coming on late, seasons ending quicker than we thought. Yeah. Give us a little idea of what's going on at the market right now. Well, as you, as you said, this is the most impactful time of the year. Uh, everything is producing, everything is coming on now and moving toward completion. We are right at that point. 
what you want to really focus on right now is the last chance to buy these things, which is the summer produce, which is stone fruit, uh, summer squash, eggplant, melons. Right now is your real last chance because we're going to end. So what we have here are the days are shorter, the, uh, they're, they're cooler temperatures, and we're starting to see uh, some rain. So that brings that to completion. That's that summer harvest. So what, what has happened is the, the farmers, if they're, if they're doing their job, and they are, they're planning every year what, what their season is going to be, and they, and they are coming to completion now because of the weather. So this is the last chance to buy that kind of stuff. So when you say last chance, do you really mean like, okay, cause, I mean, here we are the first week of October. Mm-hmm. You really mean like next week days, or two, next, right? next few days, next, I mean, well, what are you talking? Yeah, it really depends upon how much this last rain is, is affecting people. Because every little geographical area, every region has its own particular character. And some people are on a hillside drain better. So they're still uh, harvesting that last zucchini. So for example, if you're lucky to find figs, that is your last fig. Uh, that's a black mission. The Adriatics are already gone. So you want to be grabbing figs right now. They're probably like five ninety nine a basket in stores or six ninety nine a basket in stores. But Throughout the country? Is that? Yeah. yeah. When I've been traveling, that's what I've been wow. seeing. The price shot up probably two or three dollars yeah. just a week that's ago. That's right. Two ninety nine, three. I think now they were five, $2.99 six ninety nine earlier. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then we got yeah. them, and then I just saw them yesterday for five ninety nine. And some of my other clients are saw them at six ninety nine because it's it. And mm-hmm. if you do want to, if you do get them, and you are a fig lover, and fig lovers are a unique species out there, you, what you want to do <laughs> is get lover. them home, and the ones that are really ripe, eat them right away. And then if you mm-hmm. really want to savor them, what you can do is you take them, you wash them, and you just put them on a baking sheet and whole, and then put them in the freezer and freeze them whole. And they'll last like for about three months that way. Take the little stem off? Take the or... little stem off, um, but mostly keep them intact, and, and you just put them there. And as soon as they're frozen solid, then you put them in an airtight container, and they'll last for three months. And when they come out, they're softer than what they normally are, but it's a soft fruit anyway. Right. So it's something that you you will still be able to enjoy it either to eat out of hand or put in soups oh. or stews or make a sauce or, or they're either or great and bake, bake with a oh, smoothie, baked goods. They actually have an enzyme in them that actually helps baked goods to stay moister and actually have, have the baked goods last longer. Ooh. But usually when you freeze things, you know, you wouldn't enjoy it necessarily on its own. With figs, you say if they're frozen well and stored right away. Because it's a soft textured fruit anyway. Right. So it's going to be softer. But if you're a fig lover and you eat them really ripe, they're going to be pretty darn soft. Anyway. These are the tips that I love because just like Earl was saying, you're losing your tomatoes, you're losing your stone fruit, you're losing your berries. This is the time to buy them. Find your way to get them a little bit more life so you can enjoy them longer. And, I mean, fig makes fantastic jam, which you can use on toast for something sweet, or also you can use it with savory. So, you know, jam it or oven roast it, dry it. Figs are great dried. You can sun dry or oven dry your tomatoes, too. There's a lot you can do to get a little bit more length out of these fantastic and Later summer on produce. in life. Yeah. So at a price of $5.99 or even $6.99 a basket, we can't say it often enough because if you buy two two little baskets of figs and you bring them home and they're not good, they're just not great, um, you just spend $12 or $14. So we say, you know, always taste your produce, anything really that you buy that you put into your cart at the, at the store. 
It's hard when it's a little basket. I always feel Not reluctant really. to. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Seriously, it's so shame, right? I'm really saying if I was buying five ninety nine figs right you now, better I would make be, sure. I would be tasting one of those. So right? well, again, it's asked. fine for that pile to go to the produce guy and say, can I just try one? Of course, most likely you will say yes. And if not, don't well, buy him. But. Well, the thing to do, you tell the produce guy, I'll buy this basket if this is good. So, I'll, you know, this one I'll take right out of this basket. And he's a good produce out guy. Out of your He'll basket. You. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the caveat this time of year is you right. could either get the most wonderful because it's at the very height of the season or it could be just over. Yeah. So could be raining. Yeah, it could be raining. It could be overripe. So, and the other thing this time of year is it could get a little more uh, cosmetically challenged because it has been on the vine. It has been out in the field for a longer period of time. So, you know, be a little forgiving in that, in that way. And you could get some of the best produce of the year. And, and so, that. so are we really nice. there about melons too? Because with the rain yeah. and all that kind of stuff, they haven't looked yes. that great in the stores anyway. And, They've yeah. been okay flavor-wise. I mean, yeah, it's been a challenge for some of the product. Uh, it, it was a it was a late start. Uh, uh, excuse me, it was an early start for most of the stuff. And, and when that happens, many times throughout the season, it kind of catches up with itself. It reestablishes, gets online. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I noticed it was good. It was not so good. It was great again, not so good. I don't know where it stands right now. But with melons, it was a, a thickly year. Like yeah, you, you had to really week by week taste. And mm -hmm. a melon, I mean, that, that takes some, some guts to go to a produce guy and say, can you please cut a piece of this gigantic melon ball? Because if it's not good, I'm not going to buy it. Not for all or I. No, I know. And I've, I've done that now. And I was happy because the guy actually said, you know what? If you want a really good melon, go with this one. And well, the, he and was right. It was what, phenomenal. And what is the worst he can say? No, I'm not going to. Well, yeah. then you're just well, going to walk on then by. Then you're not going to yeah. buy it anyway. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Because melon too. I mean, a big melon is, you know, where are they right now price-wise? They're oh. all in high. Yeah, they're very high because the season is yeah, coming to over. an end. Yeah. They're with Supplies a little bit low. of rain that's happened. What happens to that with that ground product, uh, meaning, you know, melons growing on the ground or just elevated, it, the mold spores are right there. So Plus the days are warm. So that, that accents that too. And yeah. Moisture and warmth. Exactly. Yeah. And they're starting to cool off. The days are shorter. Do you have frost already in some parts of the country or is that coming up now mm. more next weeks? Yeah, I think some parts we've seen some mid thirties, which really isn't, isn't going to create any, any frost. So it, it's just the product get, is getting old on the vine. Great. Because it's tired. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's the end of its cycle. It's yeah. perfectly timed. So melons so fall into those figs fall into there. Uh, uh, and even, even stone fruit. Yes. Yeah, stone fruit, all, all the summer squash, eggplant, all think summer product, even bell peppers, tomatoes, maybe. absolutely tomatoes. Now tomatoes is a little tricky because mm. it, that's almost a year round product because there's guys in Mexico with uh, greenhouses that are in production. So that's a year round product, but your best local, but you're local. and well, your best. And in my experience, the flavor is really best right yeah, now. Right I mean, now. even if you're yeah. getting it it's just from somewhere else later right. in the year, you that's get right. that good tomato and it doesn't taste like any other tomato. And that's the time when I want to buy them in mass and make my sauces and make my soups and make my salsas yeah. and store them and because them the flavor will not do. get better. Right. You know, it's, this is it. This is the best flavor in yeah, they, I, I really feel they just started to get good a month ago. I mean, it was, mm -hmm. again, a funny mm -hmm. season, and then we got a really nice late fall heat, and that just made them sugar up. 
Um, exactly. That's all the summer stuff, the summer produce. Um, you said stone fruit still. You can still find a decent peach or nectarine. It's just uh. ending. You know, Washington is your last producer, at least out here in the West Coast. And uh, it's funny. You know, you talk to the uh, to the to the to the pro uh, producers and the farmers. They say, "Well, this is the last last pick." And you talk to them later in the week. Well, you know, I found there, and we went through again, <laughs> and we yeah. found some more. Yeah, found another orchard. orchard. Yeah. So you can still find some. You, you got to look around. Uh, take a good look at them again. Get that sample because at the end of the year they could be over. And again, you want to eat them a little firm. Eat everything when it's at its peak of ripeness a little firm. At this time, I of had year, a right? great this surprise this time of year too because I saw some beautiful peaches and I thought there's no way at this time of year. But I'm going to get mealy one. Or I mean, they can be all kinds of. They right? could be. It could yeah. be anything, and it was possibly one of the best peaches but I've had of the year. Weeks and ago, I did right? it. It was two weeks ago. I don't know if yeah. you'd find it now, but what I'm saying is that this what season was that, it's Mark? not what predictable. You knew what it was. Actually, Earl knew which one it was because I said he said, "Oh, I know that grower." <laughs> was it Stemilt? Yeah, well, it could have been a Trey Z. That's a real popular one. And it's late. I mean, well, late for, mm -hmm. it, it was two weeks ago because I did the same thing. I was in okay. Texas and I tried yeah. a, a Washington peach and I went, oh my goodness. I mean, well, not just sweet, right? We are talking perfectly the broadness of flavor and, acid, and sweet and, and juicy. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know what, what, what's so wonderful <laughs> this time of year that it, everything kind of concentrates. It's at the very end and just, and you get these incredible, intense, concentrated flavors. So, Yeah, you easily can get the best of the year. And we need to be concentrated, too. Uh, it's time <laughs> to honor another break. We're speaking with Earl Herrick of Earl's Organic Produce here in the hour with us as we are looking at Hello Harvest Produce Picks for the season, an entire hour on how to pick, what to pick, and how to save money doing so. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Citarani Palomar. And we will talk about acorn squash and squashes and grapes when we come back. Oh More of that. Stay tuned. Are you interested in making healthy food your profession? Bowman College is a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Their professional training programs prepare individuals for successful careers as nutrition consultants and natural chefs. Study at one of four locations in California and Colorado or learn from home in a self-paced mentor distance learning program. Find out more about their classes on holistic nutrition and culinary arts at bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college.org. NextSpace brings together a professional, collaborative workspace with a warm, supportive community. It's a place where you can do your very best work. And now, NextSpace is introducing NextKids, a workspace that also provides great on-site child play care. Hi, I'm Diana Rothschild, founder and chief mom of NextKids. We believe that you can be a better parent and produce better work when you seamlessly integrate work and life. We're better together. Join this conversation at nextkids.us. You're listening to an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Citarani Palomar. <laughs> this hour is dedicated to the harvest, to the bounty at the farmer's markets right now throughout the country, really at the end peak of the season, of the summer season, kind of announcing the fall and winter uh, vegetables and fruit. At this point, Hello Harvest produce picks for the season and telling you how you might save a pretty dollar at the store because there's maybe no time more important um, to ask the produce manager to try and sample something. We just heard about figs, $4.99, $5.99, maybe $6.99 a basket. Do I hear Make seven? Sure, <laughs> do I hear seven? Make sure you ask for a sample um, 
and most likely the produce managers will be happy to share their their goods with you before you purchase because it might be a seven dollar or if you buy two basket a fourteen dollar loss. Um, so summer produce is ending, fall is coming, and of course, Mark, that means wonderful, amazing grapes. Well, interestingly enough, most of us consider grapes a summer crop, right? And yet, Earl, you you and I had a conversation the other day about grapes and the seasons. It just keeps extending and extending and extending. What's up with that? How could that be? Well, over over a period of years, um, more varieties get get introduced, and they looked and producers look to extend their season. And it is not unlikely, unless a real major uh, storm event happens, we can get them up sometimes all the way to Christmas. And that's because of the, the newer varieties that they have available? Well, well not necessarily, but yes. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's <laughs> clear, what, clear as mud. Just, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got that. The, um, what it is, the, is the crimson, the crimson seedless is the one that's going to extend the longest. That's and it's a red grape. It's a red grape. Yeah. And the red grape generally sells better maybe four to one. Wow, four yeah. to one? Four to one. Yeah, it, it oh is amazing. Gosh. And the well, for a couple of reasons. One, the green being the color and the transparency, it, it's 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 very apparent when, when something's not perfect. And the, and the red is a little more forgiving. I think the red may be even a little bit sweeter. Maybe it's just more attractive. So that's a great thing to talk about is this transition piece of fruit. Are we... But are we in that place because now I'm seeing two different green grapes in the market and people might be a little confused at what we're saying because there is an amber green grape right now, which is the end of the summer season, which is so yeah. full of sugar right now that you it is the most amazing grape you'll probably taste. And then mm. there's a lot of bigger, larger green grapes out there that are more like a vibrant, you know, green, uh, light green. And those are the ones that are going to last a little bit longer. Whereas these amber ones, you are probably, you have to eat now because they'll be gone. Here pretty quick. Yeah. The amber ones are probably the Thompson's, Thompson's uh, seasons, yeah. wonderful pieces of fruit. A lot of people want to uh, shy away from because of that amber, but that amber is a distinction of sugar. Very, very sweet. Now the stems may be a get a little withered, maybe a little brown, but if you can handle that, and there's really nothing wrong with that, it just shows that they're really sweet and mature. The green one, the real vibrant longer ones that's a new variety for that one reason to extend the season mm -hmm. and bigger is better some people think and that's called a pristine okay and there and i think there's even a couple of other ones that right off the top of my head I, I don't remember so if you find something and you try one and you love it and the price is fair and you want to eat grapes it's again it's one of those items you can find year round but there's mm -hmm. no comparison if you try imported grapes from in february or march they already have been walking the path up from what Argentina or somewhere, mm, right? Chile, Argentina. Yeah, for, for well, days and, have, and weeks. And, and they have to pick them early. They have to pick them underripe so they don't have the same sugar exactly. level when they arrive. Otherwise, yeah. they would be already um, you know, molded and spoiled. So mm -hmm. this is the time. How do you extend the life when you buy two, three beautiful clusters of grapes? Can you? Is there any way? Can you dry grapes? What do you do with that? Well, then you get a raisin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. Sure you did. Helga actually well, hates raisins. True story. So well, yeah. the main thing you want to do is, is uh, okay. keep them in a low moisture situation because then they'll mold. But if you keep them dry, they'll just get a little withered. Again, they'll concentrate uh, and get and get maybe get a little uh, sweeter. Yeah, yeah, but they, uh, they you know, pucker. and, and they won't pucker. look quite as nice. But I would say keep them dry. <laughs> and if you want, again, grapes are one of those things that something you can do easily at home is freeze. 
it's a, and they're easy to do. You wash them just before you're going to put them in. You take them off the stem. You put them on a baking sheet. You put them in the, the freezer. And once they're frozen solid, you can take them and put them in a, uh, a freezer-based uh, container and leave about a half inch at the top for expansion. But then you can store them in there, and then they just come out, and you can use them as ice cubes. You can use them mm. as kids' snacks. You could actually put them in your rice pudding because that, w- that would actually work. You could mix it in after you've cooked it. Throw them in the smoothie. In the smoothie. Oh, yeah. Super yeah, sweet. Yeah. Yep. So we were talking figs can be eaten after the freezer, right, as a piece of fruit right there. Not so much with grapes, right? The well, texture grapes, changes. You would, eat, you, would eat them, you would eat them like frozen, semi-frozen because they will really be, they, the membrane mushy. inside will really yeah. break down Mm-hmm. And that's something you like in a grape is that kind of springy density. Yes. You're mm-hmm. talk, we're the listening crunch. to an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helbert. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. We're talking with Earl Herrick of Earl's Organic Produce in this hour dedicated to the harvest produce picks for the season. Moving on to squashes. It's amazing, the variety, and it's amazing what you can do with it. I love squash it. I'm kind of a potato guy, but the world of squash offers the health benefits and the the flavor nuances of, we are talking what, acorn, butternut, delicata, Hubbard, spaghetti, uh, ca- sweet buttercup, kabocha. Kabocha. Yes. Yeah. So you, you can find them year round, some of them, but this is really the time, right? Pumpkin season, Halloween, this is squash time. Go ahead. Well, I think that brings up an interesting question because I'm used to seeing squashes in the market year round. And I always think, okay, well, it's a hardy plant. Maybe it's grown year round, but just like everything else, I believe it's being shipped. And so if you get it now when it's being grown locally, the sugars are higher. Is that right? Well, I I don't know so much about year round. One of the, uh, some interesting things about hard squash. First of all, you have the summer squash, good in the summer, and then bingo fall comes and it's winter, a hard squash. Uh, the challenge there is that you need huge amount of area to store them because you harvest them right now. They're harvested like everything else in that fall period of time. And then to have them all year round, you have to have a huge storage facility. Uh, we're seeing a shortage of, of organic winter squash for that one very reason. There's not a lot of organic facilities, organic growers with that infrastructure to store that much. It's become a very popular item. So it's kind of, uh, double-edged uh, sword here where it's become popular. We're growing a lot of it more than ever. It's selling great, but we're running out of storage. and So we're running out of product, I would say, uh, late winter, early spring. And then we're waiting for the Mexican crop to come on, and there's a little bit of a gap. Can you, you see mostly, in the, when you're seeing it in the summer, it's more than likely coming from Mexico. Mm. Can yes. you store them at home well? Um, Again, it's a moisture. How, how do you do it? It's a cool, like a root cellar. Think, uh, so it's cool, low moisture, dark, dark and it'll, it'll, it should, you know, do fine. But again, the moisture is what will create that mold. But a good, a good harvested, uh, well-produced product will last for a long time. Yeah, and, and the thing about it is if you were worried about it lasting, you could also freeze it. Squash freezes really well. Like if you took a butternut and you peeled it, and then you cut it, you took out the seeds and cut it into one-inch cubes, you can just literally, once again, put that on a, sh- a baking yeah, pan, gotcha. like I've been describing, all the all the other things that we've talked about today. Put it right in the freezer, freeze it in one-inch cubes, take it right out, and use it in any sauce. You can roast it that way. So you wouldn't you wouldn't put the whole thing in? You would mm-hmm. already cut it up Most raw? Of us raw. Would not. <laughs> or do you cook it and then freeze it? Well, you can I, do both. 
Mm-hmm. I was you talking about You can do raw. both. You can do both. I think that with butternut squash, it's really great to cube it and freeze it when it's still raw. Because then if you steam it or you roast it, you're going to get a better flavor and a better texture. But if you do like um, a butternut puree yeah, and put that in the freezer. Ah, I mean, I like to make nice. a butternut squash puree that's a little bit spiced with some um, clove and nutmeg. And then put a pesto over it and freeze that in a casserole dish. Because then all you do is you pop it out and you put it in the oven. And you can serve it to people and it takes no time at all. Can you cut a butternut squash, take out the seeds and freeze the halves so that when you take it out of the freezer, you can just pop it in the oven, put some filling in and have a dish. Well, so here, here's the deal with what you're asking is it's going to freeze faster if it's in cubes because less surface area. So it seems like it's easier to do it that way. More surface area in cubes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, And so, but in reality for use and for, for actually getting the freezing done, it's better to cut it up into smaller. And cutting a butternut squash takes a lot of work. And I think it kind of like throws people off. They're a little bit hesitant to do it. Once you learn how to do it, it's still time consuming, but it's quick, not as daunting. Quick tip on other than chainsaw, what do you do with it? How do you cut a butternut squash? Because it's amazing. The sharpest knife. I use a jackhammer. Well, you know what my tip is that I found, that, and I've, I saw this at, I think, a, a Bowman or someplace along the line, is I take just a little bit either off the end or off the side of the squash where, where there's a, where it's bulbous because the reason people are afraid of squashes is because it moves when you're trying to cut it. Right. Yes. So I take a little, oh, a, a little, a, surface. a little teeny part off the edge. So it creates a flat place. And then I stick my knife in part way just so it feels comfortable and then put my other hand on top of the knife and then I can start working it through the squash you wiggle it and through. it's not going to wiggle. Nice. I have a really good. good suggestion because I once made that butternut squash pesto casserole for a Christmas party for 50 people. I can't even tell you how many squash I cut. This is how I do it. You cut off the, the end, the stem end and the root end. I don't know if you call it the root end, but that's mm-hmm. kind of the way that I think it. And then at the place where you get the the bowing between the length of yeah. it and the bulb of it, cut that in half because you treat them differently. The bulb end has seeds, the other end doesn't. So when you've got it in these two pieces, you've got these flat areas that Mark was talking about so you can stand it up and it won't roll around and take a chef's knife. I don't use a peeler because the the skin is too thick. You're just going to keep going over and over and over again with the peeler. So you take a chef's knife and you cut down and that's how you peel it. And then you can cube it. And then you take the bulb and you scoop it out, and then you can okay. cube it. It's it a much sound easier. Any easier. <laughs> that's great. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, you're listening yeah. to an organic conversation. Yeah. I'm yeah. Helga Helberg. Yeah, I thought you were looking for the easy uh, <laughs> the Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sita Ronnie Paul. Yeah, that's a really easy way. Thank you, Sita. Um, <laughs> I just, will do a demo. You on just that. we will. Um, you just gave me a, a kind of a, a word there, Earl. You were saying organic storage. We had a question. Mm-hmm. You got a question um, from a fan. Um, Earl's Organic, also on Facebook, saying if it's Mexican produce, right, how do you know it's still really organic and organic means the same? And you just mentioned organic storage. It's actually interesting that the entire trail from growing to shipping to storage to even how it's displayed at the retail store Mm -hmm. has to be certified organic under those standards. Yeah, exactly. One good example on a retail level, you have to have uh, the organic above. If, so if you're carrying a conventional and organic, you have to display the uh, organic above the conventional. So if it was vice versa, you No chemicals would drip down, e- for example. Exactly. Yeah. Um, in, in, in our facility, for example, we use um, some, some rat traps. You can't use any poisons. So, you know, everything's got to be very natural and... and uh, certified in its uh-huh. use 
to maintain the integrity of what, what, you, of what you're doing. Sure. And well, when you see produce, even from another country, such as Mexico or somewhere else, the, the USDA seal, the, the National Organic Program seal that identifies um, organic produce, uh, is a label for the American marketplace, meaning that if you see it in an American grocery store anywhere in the U.S., uh, it has to comply with our USDA, United States Department of Agriculture, organic standards, wherever it may grow. It actually does not have to do with um, American produce only. It could come from anywhere. It has to comply, and there's a whole system of certification and inspection in place. Yes, well, Mark. And what I was has always impressed me about this system that more and more people are trying to adopt is that you can track, track any product back to the exact field it was grown in mm-hmm. with the organic standards. I mean, Earl has to have mm-hmm. um, an operating uh, schematic that he shows any certifier exactly how his warehouse is laid out, how mm-hmm. the pest control is taken care of, where things are stored. It's, it's yeah. It's very transparent. The auto trail. Yes. We had a little competition this uh, fall, this summer and this fall, Earl's Pick of the Month. We talked about it on the show several times, and we'll take a quick break, but we'll come back with the winner of that competition and more on that service at Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, that is uh, retail stores to identify really what's the hottest piece of produce in the marketplace for those for that week or those two weeks You're listening to an organic conversation, and we'll be right back with more. Stay tuned. Life's a game, and so is work. And just like any game, sometimes your team is in a slump. Maybe it's a new team. Maybe there's conflict. Maybe you're under pressure to keep up with your own success. Whatever it is, it is time to get your game face on. The ultimate game of work combines game design with executive coaching to create high-engagement workplaces. Boost your team's creativity and performance by designing the game you want to play and win together with the ultimate game of work. Enticed? Learn more at ultimategameofwork.com. You're listening to An Organic Conversation. And I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Wookie. And I'm Sitarani Palomar. Hello Harvest, produce picks for the season to help you make the best, most informed choice at the farmer's market or at the grocery store and also save some money doing so so you're not disappointed when you bring things home that are not perfect anymore because this is the time of transition from the summer bounty and you can still find lots of great items too the fall winter uh, produce that is coming we're right in the middle there this is the greatest abundance of both but not every item is perfect so one way of finding out what is perfect is earl's pick of the month which we in- introduced i believe in june, june? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah in Up june may or june coast. in uh, retail stores here on the west coast around the san francisco bay area grocery stores have been featuring earl's pick of the month cards And um, to really identify, and then we talked about that during the show, to really identify your, from the horse's mouth, so to say, best pick of all that is available, what is really peaking in those, in that week or in those two weeks, those three weeks. Um, Beautiful campaign. And um, we asked retail stores to send in their photos of their displays. And we we got a whole... Variety of those. Yeah, we asked them uh, to send pictures <laughs> whenever they put up the cards to show the the Earl's Pick of the Month cards with the produce that mm-hmm. they were buying, and we we did a display contest for the month of uh, September, and it was it was great. We got lots of people who submitted entries, and we actually we we had a winner. 
We, and took, we the, have a winner. And we took the winner to the Giants game. That's right. Just the other night, uh, uh, we had a bunch of us come, and uh, we were able to get the uh, uh, um, uh, produce manager and assistant manager to attend. And uh, it, it was a great night. Uh, a beautiful, perfect uh, San Francisco balmy late summer evening. And the, the winner was um, a gentleman from the, uh, he's the produce manager from the New Leaf Community Market. Um, in Half in Moon Half Bay. In Half Moon Bay. There are several locations of New Leaf mm -hmm. Community Markets. The one in Half Moon Bay, we felt out of all the super creative ways of displaying Earl's pick of the month, um, the produce manager there, Horacio Damien, uh, really knocked it out of the ballpark, so to say, staying with that <laughs> theme. And I hope we have him on the line right now. He's not with us. Okay. Oh, <laughs> he's not a break. Too bad. Um, it, is, it, it was a very beautiful display. People were extremely creative, and we picked his choice. Can you describe? It was, it the, was a the fake fix. pyramid. Yes. It was a fake pyramid. It looked, like, it looked like you were walking into down in Mexico in the Mayan ruins or up in, you know, uh, in Egypt, but it was a pyramid of- uh, Multicolored. Of uh, brown turkeys, black missions, and cadota uh, or Adriatic figs. And so it had the green with the two brown and black stripes on it. And it just went up to this pinnacle <laughs> and it was gorgeous. The key thing about it for me was displays are supposed to make you startle you out of, out of your normal routine and make you want to stop and buy some that you weren't going to buy. And of course the pick of the month, Earl's pick of the month card was there to, to describe certain aspects of figs that would make you more interested yeah the nutritional mm -hmm. value like right. we, yeah, we included exactly. a whole education not just this is the pick and you know pick it but we also always include um nutritional aspects uh what storage else? tips yeah, exactly how to pick it. them well and that's something that mark is talking about too which is the the role the produce manager has in enticing the consumer to buy it and i remember this very specific store the half moon bay location of new leaf market where horacio damien is the produce manager I went in on the 4th of July because I needed to pick up some last-minute things for a party. And the first thing I saw when I walked in the door was this gorgeous display of Earl's Pick of the Month. At that month of July, it was blueberries. And then there was whipped cream, and there were little shortcakes. And it said, berry shortcake for 4th of July. And I was like, oh, my God. Brilliant. Every ingredient I need is here. <laughs> and it's going to be a huge hit. I hardly need to spend any time assembling it. It's just that's there's a lot of value there in being the produce manager to – Make it a fun and memorable and easy experience. And for all of our stations around the country, Half Moon Bay is a just below San Francisco by about a half so. hour, 40 minutes, right on the coast. Beautiful. Actually, it's been a fishing village and a farming area for, mm -hmm. for hundreds of years. And so if you, if you don't know the area, if you come out here, you take Highway 1 down from San Francisco, absolutely gorgeous drive. And the, the New Leaf store we're talking about will be right there uh, and it's a gorgeous market. They've got so many great organic items. I mean, are they all organic or mostly organic? There's just, there's mm -hmm. everything that I'm looking for is usually there. So I'm happy to visit. <laughs> you know, one of the great things about uh, display work is that uh, the, whoever's doing that work really has an opportunity to express their passion and attention to detail. And they get immediate feedback by the customers and how well it sells. So it's, it, I'm, I know Mark and I have both been in retail for years and it was one of the best times of the day setting up that display. Okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? And then getting after it and then stepping back before anybody enters the store. <laughs> take a picture. I mean, <laughs> this is really what you guys do on a daily basis, directly yeah. or indirectly. Can you exactly. feel the creativity of a produce department in sales? Like, does it really, oh, is the, the difference yes, noticeable of 
somebody pouring their heart into what it looks like, how well sorted it is, creative displays. I, I saw one where the peaches dripped off the table because they were baskets put in the corner <laughs> That was an Earl's pick of the month. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's it was like cascading peaches down into a bowl. Yeah. It, it looked so like they beautiful. were falling out of the table and you would you know, jump in and hold them, but they and were just the reaching that lower. <laughs> uh, it's so creative. Can you feel that, actually? Can you? Oh, you know, there's no doubt about it. And the attention to the detail, we used to say, people are going to come in here and be amazed and they're not even going to be quite sure why it's so amazing other than, <laughs> wow, it feels great here. And also, that's one way to choose your choose a, a, a produce department where you're going to want to uh, shop. Because if you walk in and you see some great display work, that that right there shows you that they're paying attention to what they're doing. They got some passion. If you go in and, and it's not inspiring, then that, that tells something well, too. People say sampling, right, is really the, the key. But it's one of the keys. Something that I really love about that is when you develop a relationship with your produce, your produce manager, your produce guy, it's a really good Galpin. way, produce gal, produce person. Both. It's a really good way to Thank honor you. the work that they're doing because they are not just their stocking. They know these ingredients. Like like Helga said, you said, I'm, I'm interested in trying this melon. And he said, if you're serious about melon, this is the melon you want. And then they get recognition for their expertise and you get to have a dialogue with them. And then you know that this is the department where you want to buy your produce. Well, you know, one of the things that should, that's coming up for me in, in everything that each of you are saying is it's it's almost a forgotten art. Uh, art or job and it really is a job that somebody could serve their community for their entire life and do really well and feed their community really well because they care so much about it and yet it's kind of like one of those jobs where people go oh you're a produce manager and the reality is the good ones they may they're the difference of you eating really well or even caring about where you shop and, and we're kind of, they're kind of unsung heroes. So here's my tip. I tip my hat that I'm not tip wearing to uh, uh, to the pro, all the produce uh, men and women out there who who make the produce look so great every single day around the country and around the world, and specifically in Half Moon Bay at New Leaf Market. Again, big shout out to Horacio Damien, the produce manager there, for winning the Earl's Produce Pick of the Month contest for this summer and fall. Will, will we continue that? Will that go on? Oh, I, absolutely. We, uh, you know, we have a wonderful season coming up here, October. Um, you know, we're, we're looking at grapes. We're, it's a great harvest out there. Lots of great product and the weather looks like it's going to accommodate. We're going to have a great season. And the holidays are coming up. So cooking is coming for your family and friends. And again, to know, you know, what is really so flavorful that you almost don't need to do much with it. It's just so perfect. It's yep. just nice. And it's pomegranate time coming up. Oh, really yeah. Good. Persimmons right around and the persimmons. corner. Yeah. yeah, and squash and potatoes. And then, oh. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's right. a whole other show. Picked, right? <laughs> Garlic is coming in fresh right now. Absolutely right now. So much stuff. You know, it, it's in the fall. Everything is coming right now. It's it's drawing to completion. So some stuff that can get stored, like the winter squash and the garlic and the onions and the potatoes. So we can have those for months to come. But those other items you want to get right now. Thank you, Earl, for joining us um, every Always week. Always a and pleasure. Once in a while here in mm. the studio, it's lovely to have you here. And it's lovely to you guys pour your knowledge. And I know we're always just, you know, Scratching tipping the, the scratching surface. the yeah tipping the scratch scratching the <laughs> tip of Helga the iceberg of your wisdom because I, I feel like yeah i learned something and then i say it and you mark 
you you just said earlier actually yeah not quite so <laughs> it's like, i can't like get it right what is up time, with maybe. produce <clears throat> but lots you, to learn you know it's it's my pleasure i i get to put together some major ingredients of the passion of what i do and and the and the, and the people that i love so It's wonderful to hang out with you guys. Oh, we're all better for it. Thank wonderful. you. Absolutely. Again, if you want to follow us, there are lots of ways. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash and again, a conversation for produce tips, recipes, and more. And also an organic conversation.com to and, listen to the show. And, and also earlsorganic.com because Earl, you have so many great blogs about the ingredients that are hot yes. right now. So check out Facebook.com forward slash Earl's Organic. Facebook as well. Um, and streaming now on TalkStream Network. If you follow, want to follow us via video podcast, <clears throat> you can do that as well. I'm Helga Helberg. I'm Mark Mulcahy. And I'm Sita Rani Palomar. And before we wrap for the day, Helga, I think you have an organic moment for us this before week. Before we wrap, yeah, the produce. Are you going to create a produce wrap? You <laughs> <laughs> <He> could. You <He> could. <laughs> Yes, Helga's organic moment. It's my review of the week and just seeing what inspired me or what touched me or what I just thought was so clever or sweet. And um, I want to make this week's Helga's organic moment about Duffy. How else would it be? A dog, once again. In this case, not my dog, not Timber, but Duffy. Duffy is a four-year-old black Labrador, and it's the dog of... Uh, Kristen Ponger, our associate producer, and um, big shout out to both uh, because there's an amazing story. Duffy was diagnosed with cancer a year ago, almost to the day. Uh, he had about a grapefruit size uh, tumor in his body. He had lost 15 pounds. He was not eating. And um, he was really, really sick. Uh, he was no longer interested in life, really. Um, before that, he was a very active dog, and he just came down with that after four years already into his life. Uh, the oncologist tested, and the vet said basically um, to go home and, and say goodbye to that dog. And uh, Kristen, being part of this show and our production team, decided to, to give him the best care for the final days that she could possibly um, give him. And... She bought all organic vegetables. She started cooking from him from scratch. We are talking organic grass-fed beef. Basically, everything uh, went into the dog's diet from the love and the care and the quality ingredients, the highest of what one could possibly produce. And a few days turned into a few weeks, and a few weeks turned into a few months. And um, his uh, coat got better. His appetite got much better. His energy got better. And he loved his food. He kept eating. He kept getting better and better. And as of last week, uh, he's now um, off his medication. So they did an organic food approach combined with medication that you would give a very sick dog. And as of last week, he's off his medication. And um, his blood work came back, and he is in perfect health. We don't know if the cancer is completely gone or not. We are waiting for those results. But if you saw Duffy the four-year-old black Labrador. Now he is on top of it all. He is on top of the city that he loves. He's playful. He's full of energy. He looks amazing. And he's basically healed as much as he possibly could within one year from that grapefruit size tumor. So we know the power of food. We hear those stories um, 
often and yet when it's you know one of us uh one of our friends one of our colleagues going through that for a year it's amazing what what it can do so big shout out to duffy and Kristen. good work Thank you, Helga. I love this story. I mean, we've got a great relationship with Kristen, obviously, and a great relationship with Duffy because we're a very dog-friendly team here. Very dog-friendly. He is so loving and so energetic and so fun. And to know that they were told, you've got about three days, go and say goodbye. And a year later, they're having so much fun with him and he's healthy and he's happy. And it's just, it's really inspiring. And it's inspired a lot of people that she knows. And what was one of the key components of that diet? Well, she she had like grass-fed beef. Um, she had some spices. That was basically you know, no. she had organic <laughs> vegetables. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yes, she did organic Tons vegetables, of organic vegetables. Herbs, yes. spices, yes. meats. She basically researched what is good for a, a cancer diet for a cancer patient for humans, and then kind of correlated that with um, what is a, a healthy diet for a dog. And so, and just, you know, she came up with her own kind of super mix that we might share at a full episode with her because it's such an inspiring story. Well, we're really hoping she's going to turn it into a business for sure. But on a side note, she is buying all of her produce from Earl mm-hmm. Earl's Organic Produce, getting mass quantities of organic fruits and vegetables and just cooking up Had to up buy a, a second fridge. Just yeah, right. <laughs> Mark Duffy likes lives it. well, that's produce. for sure. I saw her, I saw her several times at the, at the warehouse picking up full cases of broccoli. Uh, it's really the only item I remember, but yeah, she was, she was there doing it. Good for Quite her. Quite the story. Thank you. All right. Well, fun show. Always, always. about organic produce. I'm looking forward to what we're talking <laughs> about next week. Kind of on a similar topic. We're going to be talking about organic produce, but we're going to be talking about your garden. Because there's yeah. something about what you want to do to prepare your garden for the next year. How to put so your garden to rest. How to put your garden yeah, to bed. for the winter. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. That was this week's edition of an organic conversation. from the county fair and the rain came pouring down me and Billy standing there with a silver half a crown. <laughs>